I was just two years into being a Catholic when I went on my first overseas pilgrimage. It was not to one of the traditional pilgrimage sites like Lourdes, Fatima, the Holy Land, or Rome. Instead, it was to learn about the Catholic roots and influence in England. My wife and I learned so much, but there was one particular experience on this England pilgrimage that stands out to this day. I'll tell you what it was coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome, friends, to The Inner Life, and happy Friday to you. My name is Patrick Conley. Thanks for joining me, our spiritual director, and other listeners as we journey together closer to Christ. Well, speaking of spiritual journeys, back to the story. On this pilgrimage to England my wife and I participated in back in 2012, we learned so much about Catholicism and Catholics in England from when the faith first came to the island through St. Augustine of Canterbury all the way up to St. John Henry Newman and beyond. But of all the great experiences we had, the one that I think will endure the longest is what happened on June 22, 2012. That day, our group visited the Tower of London, and our priest and pilgrimage leader had arranged a special treat. We were shown into a restricted area, and after a maze of hallways and staircases, were shown into a cell in the tower. So we all stepped inside, and there we stood in the cell that once held the martyr St. Thomas More, on his feast day, nonetheless. I think everyone in that group has felt a special kinship with him and his co-martyr St. John Fisher ever since. Well, Saints John Fisher and Thomas More are patrons and stalwart examples of the importance of religious freedom, a value still deeply held by the Catholic Church to this day. We now find ourselves amidst Religious Freedom Week, which commenced yesterday on the Feast of Feast of Saints Thomas More and John Fisher. In this week, especially, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops invites Catholics to pray, reflect, and act to promote religious freedom. Taking up this invitation, we'll talk about freedom, both religious freedom and personal freedom, on the show today. Back with us as our spiritual director is Father Dave Heaney. Father Dave was ordained for the Archdiocese of Los Angeles in 1978, and in 91, he received a master's degree in marriage, family, and child counseling from the University of Southern California. His books include Physics and Faith, From Light to Life, Luke 10 Leadership, How to Succeed in Parish Ministry, and Don't Tell Me What to Do, A Catholic Understanding of Modern Moral Issues. And he currently serves as the pastor of St. Bruno Catholic Church in Whittier, California. Good morning and welcome back to you, Father Dave. Thank you. Always great to be with you. This time on my cell phone, since my usual relevant radio microphone is uh, not working well today. So I hope uh, my voice is coming across on the cell phone. You're coming through loud and clear. Maybe not quite oh, as great. clear as usual, but yes, you're right. you're just fine, Father. Well, happy Religious Freedom <laughs> Week to you. What can you tell us about this Religious Freedom Week, Father? I think it's very timely. Um, I, I noticed two trends going on right now. Uh, one is that uh, just unfortunately, maybe because of the Dobbs decision on uh, on abortion last year, uh, really uh, a year ago this this last year, uh, sometimes there's vandalism in churches, demonstrations, protests, kind of uh, people you know kind of rising up and sometimes attacking our religious freedom. That's one side. The other side, though, is I think that gives hope is that the Supreme Court has decided more cases in favor of religious freedom 
in the last few years than than ever before. Mm. So we're getting more and more protections, pretty much right at the right time when we when we need them the most. And I'm glad that the bishops have declared this week uh, res- uh, respect for religious freedom, uh, beautifully kicked off by the feast of uh, St. Thomas More and St. John Fisher. I loved your story about seeing his cell in the in the Tower of London. Yeah, I'm sure we all remember the great movie uh, Man for All Seasons. Yeah, of course. So yeah. uh, very very timely. Yes, yes. If you haven't seen A Man for All Seasons, put it on your to watch list this summer. It'd be a great. In fact, this would be a great uh, week to watch it. Well, as we're talking about Religious Freedom Week and religious freedom in general, you know, it, it coincides, uh, as you said, Father, with the feast of these two great martyrs, these saints um, who are martyred basically for religious freedom. Um, we're also, you know, we're looking just a short ways down the calendar here when we encounter the 4th of July, when we celebrate freedom, the freedoms that we have been granted by uh, living in this country and uh, remembering, of course, all those who have sacrificed to make those freedoms possible. But uh, what is religious freedom, Father? Let's just start there. And does it have anything at all to do with our our celebration of our national birthday on the 4th of July? Well, I think it has everything to do with July 4th. If you think back to the founding of our country, it was a large country. Uh, people were spread out and scattered over a huge amount of land and, you know, these 13 colonies. And there was no police force. Uh, there was no way of really ensuring the rule of law or that people would live well. And so I think at the very beginning, the, our founders of our country knew that they needed this country to be founded on good people, on people who lived a moral life. And, uh, you know, without a police force, but just on their own recognizance would live morally and well. And what made that happen was religion. Mm. And so they wanted to ensure that that religious uh, availability was was uh, uh, present, that people could freely worship in their churches, uh, because that's where the moral order is taught. That's where morality is is emphasized and and, um, passed on from generation to generation. So I think very wisely, uh, the founders of our nation believed that uh, it had to be founded on on people who lived a moral life, and where that moral life happened was in houses of worship. Mm-hmm. So from the very beginning, um, they, they ensured that people would have uh, the free exercise of religion. They wouldn't mandate any religion, but they would they would ensure that whatever religion that you had, that you could freely exercise it, and that there it is in the in the very first uh, amendment. So it was very, it's deeply connected to the founding of our nation, and I think it still should be. Um, you know, we rely on people living a moral life. You can't have a policeman everywhere, and so where the moral life comes from is certainly this understanding of, of living a life before, before God. Um, so I think it's very, very significant to July 4th. Our spiritual director today, Father Dave Heaney, pastor of St. Bruno Catholic Church in Whittier, California. If, As we're talking about religious freedom and personal freedom, if you have reasons why your civic freedoms are so important to you, perhaps you've, uh, you've seen those freedoms transgressed in certain ways and, and uh, you have then come to appreciate them all the more, or there's something that religious freedom particularly has given to you and your family, give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. What does spiritual freedom mean to you? 888-914-9149. Also, you can send us an email, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. Well, as foundational as religious freedom was to the founding of uh, the United States of America, certainly um, back in the late 18th century, 
Father, of course, the value of religious freedom has been won in the Catholic Church for much, much longer than that. Um, I'm thinking here uh, that uh, from Dignitatis Humanae that uh, we have that says religious freedom that men demanded as necessary to fulfill their duty to worship God. So give us an idea for that now. Why is religious freedom necessary for us to worship God? So we have these two words put together in a phrase, religious freedom. So religion has to do with God. And in the Catholic faith, our, our understanding of God is that God is love. And love requires freedom. You cannot force someone to love you. Mm. And you would not want someone to love you out of a sense of force or fear. Uh, it, love means so much more when we know that it's voluntary, that someone doesn't have to love us, but they freely choose to. Uh, for all kinds of beautiful reasons. So it's much more meaningful if, if we know that this person is in our life because they, they freely choose to be, they want to be. Uh, and so it's the same in our relationship with God. You know, our, our entire faith is founded on this sense of freedom. You know, when, when we do, uh, and this is expressed in all of our sacraments, when a couple comes to get married, you know, we, uh, we ask them to formally declare in writing that they're doing so of their own free will. We ask uh, family and friends to affirm the same thing. And you might remember that right before the wedding vows in the ceremony itself, just right before the vows itself, we say, have you come here freely and without reservation to give right. yourselves to each other in marriage? And yeah. I often tell couples, if they say yes, the ceremony continues. If they say no, the ceremony stops right there. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. That's how important it is. Yeah. So freedom yeah, is everything. Right, right. Um, you have this, and and that's a nice tie-in too. That uh, obviously under coercion there is no there is no real there's no authentic love, and the, but another thing that's happened in our society, and not just in America, but really in the Western world at least. Um, certainly, there's been this uh, this divide that has kind of popped up between what some would consider facts and what some would consider values, and there's this idea that you know only facts should be allowed in the public realm of conversation in the public square, as it were, whereas values and things that people hold, they're, they're merely opinions and that those should be kept out of that dialogue. Now, of course, I don't think Catholics would subscribe to this notion anyway of such a, of a divide between facts and values in such a way anyway. But um, when it comes to religious freedom, we're not just talking about you have the you have you have the freedom to choose what religion you follow, but it has more to do about exercising it, practicing it. Right, Father? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, there has sometimes been a, a situation where uh, sometimes enemies of religion will say, well, you're free to believe whatever you want, but you can't act on it. Right. And that's why I think the founders were very clever and very smart and very wise by using this word exercise, the free exercise of religion, that it has to do with behavior and how you actually live your life. They knew that. They, they enshrined it in the uh, Constitution, in the First Amendment. And I'm glad they did. And so many Supreme Court cases, uh, you know, really fall on the free exercise clause. You know, there's very little uh, establishment uh, cases that really come before the court. But the free exercise, what can you actually do to express your faith, uh, comes up before the court more than most. And so I'm really glad that it's, it's protected there. It's enshrined. And those values are important. You know, 
you were talking about facts versus values. Yeah. You know, facts are interesting, but they're not very emotional. They don't really kind of connect with our heart. The things that really make our life exciting and interesting are values, things mm -hmm. like friendship and love and art and beauty and truth. Those are the things that really uh, uh, make a difference in our life and affect how we live, how we behave. Uh, so I think uh, the free exercise of religion is extremely important. And I'm just so I'm just so glad that so many cases that involve the free exercise of religion. There's, there's one that's maybe coming out this week, maybe even today, where a, a postal worker uh, was uh, did not want to work on Sunday. And it was a minor inconvenience to the local post office. It didn't really affect that much. Uh, but then he was, uh, you know, he had some consequences for it. So the case went before the Supreme Court and the decision may come today. Uh, in which we find out what is the extent of, you know, how much can an employee exercise his religion um, in a way that doesn't interfere with the business that much. So very timely. This, these court cases are coming down uh, every year. Um, so many more about religious freedom than ever before. And the case, the cases have been coming down, you know, 90, 90% in favor of certainly all the Catholic cases that have come before the court but coming in favor of, of allowing citizens to freely express their religion as their conscience tells them. So I see good news in that direction. Absolutely. That's something that should give us hope, because I think a lot of times if we're not aware of some of these things that are happening, we can understand. And certainly uh, Catholics and, and other uh, practicing Christians are are aware that there is this sort of societal trend against some of the things that we proclaim and we, we uh, talk about that sort of thing. But but to know that at the in the court level anyway, uh, that there are some, you know, real good things happening in terms of the free, as you were saying, Father, the free exercise of freedom, of religious freedom, mm -hmm. that gives me a lot of hope. I think so. And I think, you know, a number of the Supreme Court justices are uh, practicing religious people. And so I don't think that they are, you know, making giving that any kind of bias or any prejudice. But I think that it does give them a sense of personal experience of the place of religion in a person's life and as an organizing principle, as a, as a guiding principle, as a way of uh, assembling a person's values and beliefs into a coherent uh, picture that guides their life. I, I think they have a personal experience of that so they, so they can recognize what the founders saw as well in that beautiful First Amendment uh, to you know, ensure and to enshrine the free exercise of religion, how important it is to a nation, but how important it is to each individual person as well. Right. Again, our spiritual director, Father Dave Heaney, is with us, pastor of St. Bruno Catholic Church in Whittier, California. We're talking about religious and personal freedom. We've been talking a lot about religious freedom here at the top of the show. Maybe you've been in situations, maybe you've been in other countries uh, where religious freedom is not practiced. You've felt it, uh, the effects of it. Maybe you've seen that. Maybe you've lived there. Maybe you come from such a country. If you have, we'd love to hear from you. What was that like? 888-914-9149. Maybe you have other ways that you've really come to appreciate and value the religious freedom that we have here in the United States. 888-914-9149. Or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Coming up on The Inner Life, we're going to talk more about freedom, but specifically what freedom has to do with following Jesus and what it means for the individual as well. That's what we're going to cover next, so stay with us. You can support Relevant Radio in many ways. 
joining a giving society, donating a vehicle you don't need anymore, and now donating a piece of land or other real estate. Donate now at relevantradio.com slash property. This land is your land. This land is my land. From California to the New York Island. From the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream water. This land was made for you and me. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio, on RelevantRadio.com and the Relevant Radio app. Say, speaking of the app, you know, around 50% of our podcast listeners listen through that Relevant Radio app, which is great. But if you happen to be one of those who listens to The Inner Life through another podcasting platform, would you be willing to like and to follow or subscribe and to especially to leave us a five-star review because all that will help other people who want to grow in their spiritual journey find the inner life so thank you and as with everything we do here at relevant radio we couldn't do it without you we're talking with our spiritual director today father dave heaney who is leading us through a discussion on religious freedom and personal freedom and if you have specific uh, questions about what religious freedom might mean in a specific situation, maybe you're facing in your community, we'd love to hear those questions as well. Or if you have a time when religious freedom came to mean a lot to you, and maybe one of the reasons you value your religious freedom so much, give us a call, 888-914-9149. Father, as I said before the break there, I'd love to talk a little bit about personal freedom as well. What does just freedom in general, what does it have to do for the with the life of following after Christ? Well, it's it always must be a free choice. Uh, you know, when Jesus walked up to the disciples, he said, follow me. And they could have said yes, and they could have said no. Uh, he respects their freedom. And, and one of the most famous passages, uh, in fact, it was Pope John Paul's favorite passage. He, he based uh, um, Veritate Splendor, uh, that whole encyclical, on this passage from Mark 10, verse 17, where the rich young man walks up to Jesus and says, how do I get to heaven? And Jesus tells him. And the, the rich young man basically says, thank you very much, but no thank you, and walks away. Mm. And what happens next is amazing, and which is Jesus does nothing. He, he lets them walk away. Uh, you know, Jesus goes after the lost sheep because the lost sheep is lost. It wants to come back. It just doesn't know the way. The rich young man wasn't lost. He just had it perfectly explained to him by Jesus, and he rejected it. Yeah. And so Jesus respects his intelligence. He respects his freedom. Uh, it says Jesus was very sad, uh, but he, 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 that man walked away. Now, what's interesting is that Jesus respected his freedom. He, he would not coerce him into following him. A lot of scholars uh, today think, there's, there's no proof of this, but it's kind of a reasonable guess, that that story in the Gospel of Mark of the rich young man who walked away, that the rich young man actually was Mark. Hmm. And that at some later date, he changed and returned to Jesus and then wrote his own story into his own gospel. Wow. That's a possibility, you know, because it says Jesus looked at him with love. Now, the only person that would could affirm that is the person who received the look, uh, the person who felt Jesus' love in that gaze. So, you know, that's kind of the, one of the subjective reasons why possibly it could be Mark himself that was in that gospel. But again, it just shows that Jesus, uh, that the, the decision to follow our Lord must be fully consciously made and fully free. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just very, very important because that that is what gives glory to God is uh, a person freely choosing to to follow Him. That's why it is so important. Yeah. And I, I I get that, and I had not heard that before about that potentially being Mark. So that's mm-hmm. a that's a great thing. I'm going to chew on that one over the weekend. <laughs> and so so thank you, Father, yeah. for that. Always good to get some things to nourish us through the weekend here as well as uh, yeah. Well, anyway, so very great, very interesting stuff from you. But um, you know, that's what you just described. Is uh, I think there's a lot of misconceptions surrounding what uh, what maybe larger society and if we're honest, even we ourselves perceive to be what freedom is all about. So maybe let's just drill down into this. I know we've done this before, Father, but it's always good to have a reminder of what is freedom actually, and maybe what starting with some of those misconceptions about personal freedom are. Well, I mean, freedom is the power, as the catechism says, uh, to to act or not to act, uh, to, uh, you know, choose a, a path, to choose behavior. Um, I think it has the most impact when we terms of in terms of capability, and I and uh, you know Bishop Barron often talks about this in terms of uh, the game of golf. You know, he says, you know, you know, you can walk up to the tee on a golf course and say, I'm going to play any way that I want, and I'm going to swing this golf club any way that I want. Well, it's not going to go well. <laughs> you know, the ball's going to go out of bounds or not even get off the tee at all. But if you follow the rules of golf, and if you follow the physics of the golf swing, if you bend to the rules in the sense of the physics of the golf swing and the and the rules of the game, all of a sudden you have the freedom to enjoy golf. Uh, you're not going to enjoy <laughs> golf at all unless you, you know, follow all these uh, procedures. I was going to say you have the freedom. Sorry to interrupt, Father. You have the freedom to enjoy golf, but not. I thought you were going to say then you'll be finding you'll be hitting the ball the way it was supposed to be hit. And I don't. I'm not sure that's the case for for me or for <laughs> many of the guys I know. Sorry to interrupt, well, Father. I mean, please. As, a, as a golfer, as a golfer, I know that we end up learn. You know, we end up learning the, the the rules of golf over the same rules of golf over and over and again. The same yeah. lessons. You know, keep your head down. Keep that's your left arm point. straight. We always forget, but uh, that enables us to to enjoy the game. And um, I think the other example is uh, playing music. Uh, uh, you know, if you, yeah. if you know the rules of music and you know, the basic rules of instrumentation, all of a sudden you have the freedom to play any number of instruments. You know, you can play the piano, the organ. Uh, if you understand the wind instruments, you can play all of those, you know, oboes and, and, uh, or uh, trumpets and, and all what, and all these things. So, Ironically, bending to the rules of a system allows you the freedom to enjoy so much, much more. So I think that's why that's why freedom is really a lot of food for thought. Uh, sometimes our knee-jerk opinions of like you know anything goes, I can do whatever I want, actually ends up limiting uh, the possibilities in your life. So uh, freedom is important, um, and uh, recognizing that uh, you know sometimes kind of uh, obeying, you know, kind of the rules of a system allows us even more freedom than before. Right, right. And, uh, you know, if people who are, who would maybe just as quick, and I, I'll put myself in this category, all right, so they, I might be just as quick to say, well, it's it's a free country or I'm free so I can do whatever I want. 
um, are the first ones to complain when watching their favorite team play a football game or a baseball game if the uh, umpires and referees are not refing or umping fairly, right? To me, right. that's just kind of an yeah. expression of the same of the same notion here that we are free. Uh, the the rules are there um, to actually enhance the freedom of the playing of the game. Otherwise, it just descends into chaos, right? Yeah, you know, I have, I often tell people. Uh, sometimes they ask me, like, you know, what spiritual book do you recommend? And I say, I, I can tell you the best book you can possibly read is your car manual, your automobile huh. manual. And of course, that gets a reaction. And I say, well, why why is that? Because in your automobile manual, it has this beautiful phrase. It says, this vehicle operates best when operated according to manufacturer's instructions. Mm. And we operate best when we operate according to our manufacturer's instructions. If we live the way God designed us to live, uh, we, find that we find that we live the best. We, we're the, the happiest. Our life is smoother. Things work out better. Uh, whatever challenges come our way, we are able to negotiate them in a much more, uh, in a better way. So kind of operating according to our manufacturer's instructions is simply better than getting up in the morning and saying, I'm going to do whatever I want. This yeah. doesn't work too well. Yeah, right. I'm reminded here, too, of a quote by G.K. Chesterton, uh, where he says, Catholic doctrine and discipline may be walls, but they are the walls of a playground. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, all of this kind of filters into if you want to live your life according to the way that the your maker has designed you, then uh, yeah, and to enjoy the freedom that is included in that. All right, so Father, what what yeah. about people who might call in or might might claim and say, uh, yeah, but the Catholic Church says, and this is I think tied in with uh, one of your books as well. Um, that say the Catholic Church is always saying, "Don't do this and don't do that and don't do," you know. Basically, um, the the complaint might be lodged. Don't don't have fun, you know. Don't do the things you enjoy. <laughs> what do we say in regards yeah. to that? And saying, "Well, you're limiting my freedom in that way." Well, it, you know, I did I did uh, title my book on moral theology. Don't tell me what to do. Because right. it's kind of a classic cliche of people rebelling against, you know, any kind of moral order. But actually, what the, the book, the title is somewhat ironic because they say it's not so much don't tell me what to do because no one has to, because the moral order is actually based in our DNA. God created us with a moral order in our DNA that we sometimes rebel against. So really, Catholicism is simply returning us to our basic, true human nature. Uh, and because we believe God created us, and so if we if we live in the way that He created us, uh, we don't have to have anybody tell us what to do. We will automatically know that lying is wrong, that stealing is wrong, uh, that murder is wrong, that love is good, that uh, generosity is good, that compassion and courage are good. These things are rooted in our DNA uh, across cultures. Every culture admires the hero who, you know out of compassion for a victim, courageously comes to their defense. You know, that idea is, is universal. It's, it's in our DNA. So, um, you know, kind of looking at the Catholic Church as simply a series of rules and regulations is, just misses the boat, just misses really what it means to be a Catholic, which is uh, to be a human person. Pope Benedict, you know, probably one of the highest IQ popes we've ever had, said a beautiful, simple phrase. He said, Jesus came to show us the human 
person. Hmm. How a human person is supposed to be a human person. He is the new Adam. Uh, you know, as the way that Adam, you know, kind of things went south with Adam, Jesus comes to show us the way Adam was supposed to be in the first place. Hmm. So it, we're not a series of rules and regulations. We are entirely about a person, the person of Jesus. Uh, and having that person in our life and having ourselves in his life in Christ uh, makes for the happiest, the happiest life. So it's a bit myopic. It's just kind of a, 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 the wrong cliche to look at the, you know, here's, here's another example I often like to use about the Ten Commandments. Yeah, please. Ten Commandments, you know, come across as thou shalt not, don't do this, don't do that. But look, look at it this way. Let's say uh, somebody comes to you and says, uh, Patrick, I just admire your wisdom so much. I just met the woman of my dreams. I just met the girl that I want to marry. Can you give me any advice to make sure that my marriage will be happy forever? Mm. And you look at your friend and you say, yes, don't kill them. Don't lie about them and don't steal from them. <laughs> and you go, that's your big advice? <laughs> I, it would never occur to me to do that. I would never right. think about doing that. Right. And so in a sense, the Ten Commandments... Are for, are for people who might do those things. But if you sincerely, deeply love someone, it would never occur to you to, to you know, lie, cheat, and steal. So right. the Ten Commandments are really written for people who kind of maybe need those commandments. But if your heart is full of love, the Ten Commandments are perfectly superfluous and not needed. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, it sure does. We're talking about freedom today here on The Inner Life, specifically personal freedom and religious freedom, as this is Religious Freedom Week when the faithful are invited to pray and act in such a way as to promote and support religious freedom throughout uh, our country, throughout the United States. By We're being invited to do that by our United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. So, And uh, we're talking about that today with our spiritual director, Father Dave Heaney, who is the pastor of St. Bruno Catholic Church in Whittier, California. Well, Father, uh, and all of these things, I one of the things that, uh, again, it, it might be hard to wrap our minds around, um, given the uh, concupiscent state that we find ourselves in, we, that we tend towards uh, making uh, the, perhaps the wrong decisions, the evil decisions, the decisions. But when we make those types of decisions, we're actually limiting our freedom. Uh, we are, in the gospel would put it, becoming slaves uh, in a sense. And so maybe you can explain, take some time just to explain, how do we actually become freer when we live according to God's will? Well, I, I think God, what, what God wants more than anything else is that our, that our behavior is freely chosen and consciously chosen, that we are behind the decisions that we make, uh, that we know what we're doing and we, we consciously choose to do so. So often, sin becomes the opposite of that, where we, we get into, a, you know, the old phrase, we get into bad habits. Uh addiction is the classic example where our freedom is compromised. We're really not free. We, we, we reach for the cigarette. We reach for the drink. We reach for the drug. Uh, we reach for the website. Um, and so, it, you know, we're, we're doing it out of habit. We're not thinking about it. And so our, it's almost like I, I kind of think of a person in a river who's being swept down the river by the current of the river against their will, and they're just kind of being swept along not really thinking about what they're doing. And pretty soon, you know, a few years go by and they're in 
really, really bad trouble. They're in a place where they never really wanted to go, which is where those bad habits of addiction take you. And so the opposite of that is Jesus saying, you know, I, I want you to freely choose to come in my direction because my the kingdom of God is about love and love only makes sense when it is freely chosen. It is only enjoyed when it is freely chosen. You would hate to find out that your friend was paid to be your friend <laughs> or, you know, was forced to be so. Uh, so what makes our what makes any relationship enjoyable is when we know that it's freely chosen. And uh, what makes our life difficult is, you know, kind of being swept along the river of, of addiction, of bad habits. Uh, and so we, and we end up in a place where, you know, all of a sudden we look around and we say, how did I get here? Well, we got there from a lifetime of bad habits of not really consciously thinking and choosing, you know, what is the right thing to do. So this is a very timely topic. It is extremely important. And when it is embraced well, if we really embrace this idea of freely choosing God, freely choosing to follow Christ, all kinds of good things happen. Mm-hmm. Once more, our spiritual director, Father Dave Heaney, as we're talking about freedom, personal freedom, religious freedom, and especially during this Religious Freedom Week. If you have been part of a society that does not enjoy the religious freedom that we have here in our country, if you've seen it, or maybe there's a maybe there's ways in which you have really come to appreciate the religious freedom that we have here. Give us a call. Tell us the story. 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or send us an email, innerlife@relevantradio.com. We've got even more to come on The Inner Life, but we're going to take a short break. So stay with us. We'll be back right after this. Looking for a new job? How about one that offers you opportunities for spiritual, social, and charitable growth? Our sponsor, the Catholic Order of Foresters, is hiring new agents today. Visit relevantradio.com slash forester, an Illinois life insurance society, not available in all states. Welcome back to The Inner Life. Thanks for joining us. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, our producer Young Thomas Engeser is fielding the phones today for our conversation about freedom, about personal freedom, about religious freedom with our spiritual director, Father Dave Heaney, who is joining us today. And hey, just a quick plug for next week, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Tell your friends. We're going to have Father Matthew Spencer on all three of those days, and he's going to do a three-part series on the Beatitudes. Man, if we want to shape up our spiritual life, a great way to do that would be through the Beatitudes. So tune in for that. Meanwhile, if you have a comment or question about what religious freedom actually is, what personal freedom actually is, give us a call, 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149, or send us an email, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. Let's take a phone call now. We've got Sana, who's calling in from Virginia. Sana, thanks for calling in. Thank you very much for everything you do. Um, I grew up in Iraq and, you know, we were persecuted by the Muslims and we moved to the United States years ago and we enjoyed the real uh, freedom of religion big time. We thank God every day for that. And now I noticed more and more Muslims are coming here and um, not all of them, of course, but some of them are here to dominate, not to simulate. How do I go from my personal experience and not just mine only? We have a whole, you know, um, 
lot of us that feel that way. How do we prevent it from happening here? You know, we lost our first home. How do we um, make sure that we don't lose this one to them? Okay, I think, um, well, first of all, I, I can say two things. First of all, here in America, the law is on your side. You have infinite amount more religious protection here in this country than any other country around the world, and certainly any country in the Middle East. So I take advantage of that. You know, I would say, Santa, educate yourself in religious freedom law here in this country so that you know. The second thing I would say is, I I always love this quote from Pope Benedict, uh, one of my favorite people, and he said, uh, in situations, you know, if you're encountering uh, someone from a different belief or a different uh, set of values, or or even if you're being challenged, Pope Benedict said, always speak, always speak respectfully, but always speak. In other words, he was saying, don't be silent, don't be kind of intimidated into kind of keeping quiet. Uh, We're always polite. We're always with etiquette. We're always speaking a loving way, but we always speak out. uh, So we don't let anyone intimidate us into silence. So I find myself in situations all the time where, you know, people are challenging me or I'm in a conversation and people are saying this and that, uh, and I never let it slide. I, I will always say something. I will always speak up. But I'm always very careful to make sure that it's always very polite and respectful and loving. So I love that phrase from Pope Benedict, uh, always speak, speak respectfully, but always speak. And I think, Santa, that God designed us in such a way that when we do act, we feel better about ourselves. If we, if we walk away from a situation and, and, and be silent, that wears on our sense of dignity. We feel like the, we feel defeated. Uh, we feel like we failed. We didn't really measure up. And that has a, a ros- uh, an erosive effect. Um, but when we speak up, when we stand up, when we stand up for our faith in a very polite way, God designed us to feel a sense of self-esteem and a sense of accomplishment and that we have done our part. So I would say those two things, just know the law, know that the law is on your side, uh, especially here in America. And uh, always to speak respectfully, to stand up for your faith, and, and never feel intimidated or afraid. I hope that helps, Santa. Hmm. Yeah, thank you, Sana, for the call. And for and if I might just take Sana's question there, Father, and kind of expand mm-hmm. it. I think one of the things that, that I think tempts a lot of Catholics when they, when they hear about uh, someone disagreeing with them or if, if there's something that—, that they do want to speak, but perhaps we don't. Uh, we don't respect maybe the religious freedom. In other words, we just kind of want to impose kind of Catholic teaching rather than proposing uh, the the call of the gospel. If you if you get what I'm saying, I think kind of the knee jerk reaction might be more to do more of a power play and say, well, we just need to squelch the people who are talking about this. But that doesn't seem to honor religious freedom to me. What do you think about that? No. No, it doesn't at all. In fact, that's Pope right. John Paul II's famous phrase, to propose and not impose. Right. You know, because, you know, that the, at the very bottom of our faith is this idea, this foundation of our faith is this idea of freedom. So just as much as we believe that we are freely choosing God, we, we have to respect other people to either choose or not choose, just like Jesus respected the rich young man who walked away. And perhaps by respecting his freedom, he allowed him to, the rich young man to be free, and that allowed him to, at some later date, to freely choose to come back 
and be one of the most famous disciples of all, writing the Gospel of Mark. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we have. Yep. It's a very important thing. We want we want to be true to our Christian tradition of freedom, which ironically is true to our American tradition of religious freedom as well. Yeah, got it. Very good. Very good. Thank you, Sana, again for the phone call. Let's go now to John calling in from Encinitas, California. John, welcome to The Inner Life. Okay, great. So in 1975, I was at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee taking a cultural foundations class, and it basically is as secular as a class. But the professor was asking, if you could be reincarnated and born anywhere in the world, where would you be born in this one gal he called upon her? And she said Russia, which really surprised him. And he thought, gleefully, oh, we already have a convert. So he dumbly asked her, well, why would you want to be born in Russia? She said, well, because I'm Catholic and I don't believe my faith is challenged enough here in this country. We don't appreciate our faith. Wow, what a great insight. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I don't. I don't think I would do it myself, but I certainly under. I certainly appreciate the insight and the wisdom of that person who who recognized, you know, what what a challenge represents. Uh, you know, uh, that, <clears throat> I was talking to a parishioner the other day who's uh, who's a, a football star, and we, we were talking about his time of playing college football, and you know. The challenges of, you know, the rigors of training, the rigors of practice, the rigors of the game, you know, really turned him into a really, really stellar person. Uh, so, you know, the person who avoids any challenge uh, doesn't have the chance to develop virtue. You know, you can't develop bravery unless you're facing some kind of danger. Uh, so I, I think all the virtues basically get developed when we face their opposite. And uh, what a tremendous insight for this person to think, I, you know, I'd rather, I'd like to go to Russia because that will help grow my faith. <laughs> yeah. That really is remarkable. Um, great it insight, John. I'm glad you, great, thanks for calling in with that really remarkable example. Thank you, John. I was not expecting that uh, to be the, the punchline of the story there, John. Thank you for calling in and, and saying that. Yeah, sometimes when we're in those places where we are challenged, I mean, that's oftentimes uh, where the Lord uses that to temper us to to bring us into a greater a greater intimacy with him who of course knew his share of of challenges of suffering himself and we can be remade in his likeness as well so john thank you for that um i think one of the things that um we oftentimes find ourselves in father a situation that we find ourselves in is if we're if we're feeling limited um Perhaps by the teachings of the faith, uh, we we might be feeling that way, or feeling limited for some other reason, that we tend to get a little uh, morose. We tend to think, well, well, my freedoms are being uh, trodden upon here, and not to, I'm not allowed to express this. And maybe we might not we might not do it anyway, but we might start feeling a little angry. But um, as we understand the freedoms that you have currently described, it sounds like. Now, that's not the proper response to um, when we happen to bump up against these uh, walls to a playground that we were talking about before. Well, I mean, I think um, anytime, we, <clears throat> anytime we find any kind of challenge, anything that's limiting us, like you say, or, you know, some kind of obstacle in our path, that's an opportunity to, to really exercise all of our faculties to addressing what this issue is. Is this a situation that is of my own cause? 
that I caused this problem myself, maybe through some addiction or some sinful practice. Have I brought this issue on myself through my own behavior? Is somebody else causing it? What's what what can I actually do to to deal with it? What's a realistic prospect for making a change? So, uh, you know, the, very often a problem is an opportunity to use all of the talents and the abilities that we have to address it and to address it realistically. Yeah. Is this something that I can change or not? And I think that that always brings into that beautiful serenity prayer. You know, let me recognize the things, let me change the things that I can change and adapt to the things that I cannot, and the wisdoms know the difference. So any anytime that kind of thing happens in our life, it's an opportunity for growth, either to make a change or to recognize that I can't make a change and to accept it. Um, all of those things really develop our virtues, develop our abilities, develop our talents. And, and I, think, I think also God designed us in such a way that when we do address those things, we feel better about ourselves. We have a sense that we are facing reality. We are dealing with things that are in front of us. We're not running away from them. We're not avoiding them. We're not denying them. We are facing life as it is. You know, Jesus faced the cross, um, and, you know, he made it through to Easter Sunday. So that's the, that's the, that's the path that we follow. Yeah, and thanks be to God that He did that, right? I mean, that's the world owes its entire existence to that debt, uh, debt of gratitude in that way. Well, I guess, and that's one of the things I was thinking about, Father, was gratitude. That there are, yeah. that might be the alternative is instead of getting all, uh, I don't know, upset and morose and and uh, you know, feeling trodden upon, feeling like uh, I've been infringed upon because I can't do this, that, and the other thing. That's that's not, but rather to recognize the freedom there, it might take some gratitude to get us there. Gratitude is, is incredibly a powerful experience. And I think it should always start with the idea that you did not cause yourself to be born. I think that concept is so powerful and people suddenly recognize that they didn't make themselves, they didn't cause themselves to be born, which basically says that someone else is in charge. Someone else is calling the shots here. The very basic understanding of our existence in the world that can really make a difference and can be, can basically start our experience of the world with a sense of gratitude. That someone else placed me here in this time, in this, in this uh, century, and in this country, uh, in this family, in this situation, and to see it all as, as something that's coming to me as a gift can can mean that my basic stance towards life itself is one of gratitude. And that can make all the difference between a happy life and a life that's made about grumbling. So gratitude is huge, and, and I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I think that, uh, as, as we do open ourselves to the freedom that is to be found in, in the teaching of Christ and in the, as you were saying about the car manual before father, the, the, mm-hmm. uh, kind of the instructions from our maker, as we see that more and more that we do, it becomes richer and fuller and we can see that happening in our lives. So I think it's a, it's an important move into developing our understanding of true freedom and the freedom that the Lord has come to give. So just in the last couple of minutes here, Father, before we ask for your blessing, I wanted to turn to things, again, back to religious freedom in particular, and especially, again, during this Religious Freedom Week that we are celebrating uh, throughout the, certainly throughout the Catholic Church in the country today, um, being grateful for, praying for, and acting 
um, talking about and acting in such a way to promote and uphold religious freedom in our country. Any other practical things, Father, that you would suggest that we can do to promote religious freedom here in the United States? I think knowledge is everything, and especially to know that the law is on your side and to know what the law is. So I would recommend, you know, going on YouTube, uh, maybe searching uh, Bishop Barron or Father Michael Schmidt's uh, videos on, on this topic, because there's a number of them, to become familiar with the ideas of religious freedom, um, and especially in the Constitution. And I think just knowing that the law is on your side will give you a sense of confidence, give you a sense of hope, um, and just kind of, you know, hopefully change your outlook towards the world as, as one that is, uh, to our country anyway, that is um, that endorses uh, religion and religious freedom and protects it and enshrines it and values it. Uh, so I, I would just say education is always a good thing. And to learn really, you know, kind of the basis of religious freedom that we have in our country that we enjoy so much and are so grateful for. Mm. Yeah. Very good. I appreciate that, Father. You know, we've, we've had one more phone call come in. Let's see if we can squeeze okay. him in here. Robert from New York has called in. Robert, we just have a few seconds left, but go ahead. What's your What's your question? Hi, Father. I'll try to be very quick. I'm just wondering how you balance gratitude, which is I'm happy with what I have, with the desire for more, whether it's spiritual improvement or material improvement. How do we balance the two um, so we don't drive ourselves nuts? <laughs> uh, well, improvement is, uh, there's no sense of, it's not a, a zero sum, I and mean, gratitude and improvement go together. Uh, I always like to use the example of the Mass. You know, we don't consecrate um, bread and uh, wheat and grapes. We take wheat and grapes and we improve them. We make them better by making them bread and wine. They become the body and blood of Jesus. We take them into ourselves, and so we improve. So even the steps of the Mass are kind of steps of constant improvement. And that's always our Lord's will for us, that, we, that we're not static, that we're growing in age and wisdom and grace, that we're growing in the virtues, which often happen by challenges and things coming as obstacles. That's how we grow the virtues. So we're gratitude for the life that we have, and then we take the life that we have, and we use it for some good. Jesus, like, just like Jesus took his body and blood and gave it to us for our happiness, we take our body and blood, our entire self, and we continue to improve it and use it for good to make the world a better place. Very good, Robert. Thank you for the phone call. And now the time has come, Father, if we may. May we have your blessing for this weekend, please. We are grateful for the religious protections we have in America and pray that other countries may have them as well. And so we ask your blessing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father Dave Heaney has been our uh, spiritual director today here on The Inner Life. Thanks for tuning in and joining us as we talk about this important topic of religious freedom. Hope you all enjoy the solemnity of the Nativity of John the Baptist tomorrow and, of course, Mass on Sunday. We've got the Holy Sacrifice and the Mass for today coming up next with Father Ed Looney. And don't miss the series on the Beatitudes coming up right here on The Inner Life Monday through Wednesday next week. Until then, grace and peace.